Hey, it's David from the Tone Base Classical Guitar Podcast. Didn't mean to surprise you releasing an episode a bit earlier than normal, but as I mentioned last time, today's interview uh, will feature Mark Eden of the Vita Guitar Quartet, Eden Style Guitar Duo, and also the organizer of the Winchester Guitar Festival, which takes place this weekend. October 4th to the 7th. I'm going to leave a link in the description to this episode. You'll hear us speak about this festival in our interview, but I highly encourage you to check it out if you happen to be in the area. I myself am really bummed out I'm not going to be able to make it. Do you play in a guitar duo? Well, today is your lucky day. Not only are you going to hear a really fun conversation from one of the great guitar duos, I also have a promo code for Tone Bass, which recently has dropped two brand new lessons from the Kupinski and Montenegrin guitar duos on ensemble playing and arranging. The promo code is one word, all uppercase, and it is podcast-3. Podcast-3. The three is a number not written out. I don't want to keep blabbering too long. I just really want to jump into this interview. It's definitely a really fun one. Uh, I've known Mark for quite a while now. It was really great to see him again and sit down and talk about his current projects. I'm going to play the opening track from his record titled Samba with the Eden Stowe guitar duo. This is a lovely composition by one of our favorites, Sergio Assad, titled Pinto. Especially well known for your work uh, with Eden Stowe Guitar Duo mm-hmm. and Vita Guitar Quartet. Yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The duo started when you're both students. That is exactly right. Yeah. So we've been. It it will be. Uh, it's going to be this year. It's going to be like 30 years playing wow. together. So it goes back to like you know real teenage, you know age time. You know just at the very beginning of college. So we were there for like a year in our first year. So I was only, you know, just 18. Chris is just a tiny bit older, but still in the same 
same year and this uh, was uh, royal academy the royal academy okay. that's right yeah so we just like you know we're like playing a few duos as for, for fun and stuff like this and then um michael loon who's the head of guitar still the head of guitar there he you know he just kind of suddenly gave us this huge piece by Stephen dodgson called promenade one and that was also that whole link with Stephen as yeah, well yeah. so you know and he said oh we're gonna do this dodgson festival and i want you to play this big piece so that uh, was your first concert together. that was a kind of or, yeah we did we know we played a f- couple of small things and we played like these little duo you know we played like things like micro pieces by mm-hmm. you know brower and uh, and we played some lute duets and we played a couple of other small things and then you know this suddenly michael was like you know now you're going to do something serious okay like you know <laughs> so um and it, yeah that piece and just meeting steven so somehow it was like it all came together there yeah. and then suddenly you know we were a duo and then yeah you know we we didn't know that but like uh, michael was just like you know now you're gonna go off and you're gonna do this competition and now you're gonna play this piece and now you're gonna do this concert yeah, and stuff. yeah. So we just you know it, it was great because you know people were doing stuff almost for us you know in a way so it was really handy because we didn't know how to do things ourselves other than just sit there and practice learn our parts and stuff so it's yeah. great yeah so you were students for how long at the academy together we were well, we were there for about six years actually because we did okay. a four-year program where we i did like a three-year grsm so that's the old kind of you know graduate course and then a final year to sort of make it like the performance course so you you know years years ago you wouldn't even come out with a with a degree you yeah, actually just yeah. come out with a diploma after four years anyway that, that those were the the good old days and <laughs> um but anyway after that then we got a we got a scholarship to study for another two more years um uh, to do this uh w- what was called the sort of dip ram kind of thing which is again it's a diploma again but it's um so again pre all the people doing masters and stuff and um and we we were just very very lucky because michael then invented this chamber music course for guitarists a duo course which then you know after we finished the katonas went on the you know they came over and did that as well so they've had this succession of great great duos you know and but we were the guinea pigs and you you eventually studied with the sides i saw that's right yeah Yeah. exactly so when we did after our six years at the academy we then got another scholarship to study um study with sergio and uh, i'm not sure well perhaps i could i probably could tell you this but like we basically put down we we filled out these forms for these scholarships you know how you do i mean it, it was really funny and we said like oh, we're going to study with sergio sergio and odaya sad and we wrote all this stuff we hadn't actually asked them yeah so it's a kind of classic <laughs> sort of situation where you know we were just sitting in the, you know in the canteen thinking like oh we were i'm sure it'd be fine you know perhaps we'll never get the money anyway and so well it came through he said yeah well, c- congratulations we're so happy you're going to be studying with them chris is like we better get on the phone immediately <laughs> and luckily you know, but they were that, cool they were very cool oh that works <laughs> they were really happy because we we we'd all we'd actually you know met them at the Cordoba Festival um, and studied with them there as students. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is in uh, probably like 1990 or something like that. And um, uh, and and so Sergio was at that time he hadn't moved to the states. This is pre that, so he he'd actually moved to Brussels for a bit, and Odeo was already in Brussels. So we just went over we'd go we'd go over like every month and have a lesson and yeah. uh, and then come and stay for like a day or two and you know have this enormous lesson like all that and then they go off on tour somewhere and they say like hey we'll see you on this date come back then and, yeah. and stuff and yeah oh, that must was, have been amazing it was very cool and it was you know we had a we had a brilliant time and they're hugely generous with their 
time and stuff and you know we had to you know, even just like paying them for the you know because we had this money to pay them like you know and then uh, you know they would be they would like fight with us over it you know go no no, no, no we're not going to take it we go no, wow. no seriously we've got <laughs> we, we've it's got not to, our money yeah, that's right, exactly it's your money we can't take it but you know they're so you know just too nice they're just yeah. way too nice those guys I, i've only heard the nicest things about them and, yeah which is just amazing to see you know with um, their their uh careers they've had now yeah. look at this cd you just handed to me How do yeah. you pronounce this? Yeah, Cancels <laughs> e dances. So it's like songs and dances. So it's the whole of, like uh, the Mampu. Mampu, yeah. So it's Mampu. E, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, you know this the Catalan or you know um, this you know amazing legend Catalan legend. Uh, he's an amazing pianist, you know. And he, I, I, you know, we all know the your bet, you know, um, you know, popular. Uh, Catalan songs that he's done those arrangements yeah. and then I heard like you know these songs and dances by Monpo and obviously I knew I knew Monpo because of the, the, the his guitar pieces as well yeah, yeah. so there is I thought hang on a minute this is perhaps some of these might work on the guitar and then I found out that you know number number 10 the song from that um, he, he Monpo arranged for Segovia um, as well and then he wrote one of those songs and dances in the whole series of them number 13 is like a, an original solo guitar piece as well oh, really? so so not only was he he just predominantly wrote piano pieces but the guitar was kind of on his radar so you Do know, you know the, if you played the guitar at all or was he just no, instrument no no, no no he's he he is just an out and out you know, uh, pianist basically who composes. Yeah. He wanted to become a pianist. This is, you know, he went to the Paris Conservatoire, but he soon realized that he just didn't have the sort of temperament to become a guy who walks onto a stage in front of, you know, audiences and perform and stuff. So he's too timid, quiet, retiring kind of sort of guy. Yeah. And um, so he realized that, you know, composing might be his might be his thing so um he soon found himself composing at a very early stage and but he never he never wrote pieces um as a sort of commission you know people asking him he just had to wait for the sort of inspiration so but people you know loved his pieces and in a way he kind of inherited that whole kind of you know uh, impressionistic uh, mantle that you know after Debussy died you know what I mean he just he was the sort of in a way an impressionistic composer yeah um but you know with this this kind of inspiration of catalan uh, heritage behind him with these sort of folkloric uh works um probably because he felt homesick when he was in paris because he lived in paris right the way through the 20s and, and and most of the 30s as well so he um he he was away for a long time just he didn't go back until second world war and oh wow he, he lived in barcelona yeah. for for the for, for the rest of his life there so crazy the same time yeah and so he wrote those songs and dances over his entire lifetime yeah and they're not they're not conceived as a massive set of works to be performed like that like a series they're just you know little isolated works which uh you know in this kind of really discreet style that he loved writing in. And, um, and, and looking at the CD cover, it, mm. it starts the first one, 1921, and then the 14th, 1976. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So he wrote, you know, he wrote right up until the end, basically. And he, and in a way, you know, the idea that he became, you know, this, he is really the voice of this, of this sort of, you know, Catalan folk music, if you like. And even though some of the, some of the works are based on really famous folk pieces and, and then some of them are just his and you almost can't hear the difference. It's huh. like, you know, to write in, in that, with that sort of genuine folk feel is really 
quite hard to do you know yeah. what i mean to make it sound legit like that you know authentic if you like that's it i think he's like he is a very authentic composer anyway so i that and was you made all the arrangements for i this did CD. that's right exactly that's quite a project it, it was it was about a 10-year project <laughs> wow. because i did i started with a few which I, I i looked i you know as soon as i started listening to this music i went out and bought all his piano music you mm -hmm. know i started kind of rifling through it and making making some really nice arrangements so i wrote i, I kind of arranged about three or four of them and then uh, and then chris was like ah, you've got to do a few more so i did i uh, did a couple more and then you know then it hit the buffers because the others just didn't work because um they just were you know the range of the piano was just beyond the scope of the guitar if you like and chris really said look you've you've got to somehow finish this you know so i really had to do some yeah the radical re yeah yeah exactly i had to do some radical retunings and some you know you would you would laugh about some of the tunings you know it's just it they're really out there what's the so craziest them, one i think the craziest one oh hang on i'm gonna to have to really think about this i think one is like i'm tuned to e flat and b flat in Excuse my me? guitar and then no hang on no i'm tuned to a hang on let's no no i'm tuned to a b a low b my sixth string and a an f sharp on the fifth string which makes them feel like elastic bands basically <laughs> so they kind of but you know in the middle of the piece you have to have these fifths yeah, you know, like yeah. going bong you know right right in the middle of it and i thought there's just no other way i'm just not going to get that tone unless you know and, you and i heard other people do arrangements of them but you've yeah, got to you get that, that weight of sound. Yeah. It's the resonance, you know, it's really important. So finding the right keys for them and things like that was, you know, I had to change some of the keys of them just to make them work. So the, the sort of scope of them really felt like it, it, it sat on the guitar well. But anyway, anyway, you have to Were you able to, to use uh, Chris's seventh string to your advantage throughout? Or you did? Well, <laughs> we did, I, did I did at the very, very end because he actually only got that guitar at, with the one, some of the last recordings of them. So we just kind of record them. Oh. And installments oh, okay. and then you know so john john taylor who produced and engineered the entire recording was massively patient and and also a kind of another you know in a way he's our sort of uh, you know third set of ears basically just kind of saying oh, yeah this really works this sounds good and he was really complimentary and you know i kind of trust him as well yeah he's, he's yeah. heard a lot of arrangements you know yeah, so yeah. it's oh, just yeah. kind of you know if he if he's saying he's good then i'm like okay i'm onto something here so so you yeah. started record i mean you started arranging this 10 years ago did you start recording it about 10 no no years, no we, I, we 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 probably started recording it about four or yeah about four years ago okay. something like that and then and then and then we do a little bit more a year later and and then and then at the end then it kind of gathers both pace and yeah we, it's we like really we gotta get this stuff. done exactly yeah you know some jobs just take some effort you know what i mean oh yeah and, but we we got there we got yeah. there and some some of them are kind of slightly unplayable live you know what i mean you'd have to sort of like not because we're, we're doing anything like changing the tuning in the recording or anything else like that but just they're just so intricate so tricky um but we we've pretty much played nearly all of them nearly all of them live in a, in concert so there's just a couple there which are just like ooh, they're difficult yeah you know, kind of. have you done the whole cycle with it a cancer or do you always no no we've never done that what we've done what we did is that we thought ah, you know it wouldn't that be a great idea you know like a pianist would do like you know a whole cycle of beethoven or something like this and 
I just think, first of all, I'm not sure people can listen to that much Montpellier in one concert. So it was a, a nice lot. idea. It is a lot. So what we did is we did two, we did six and we broke it up in the concert. We used to, we'd do three and then we might play something else. And then we did another three. Um, and, you know, I, I think that seemed to work. And also the other problem was just tuning, you, you know, because we had these huge, like, oh, you know, right, cranking right. up in the middle and hopefully, you know, you in a recording, you can let those strings like really yeah. settle and they can be brand get new. get a cup of tea or something <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah and then in the you know when we played it live we'd just be like right now crank that right up and a little bit sharper because it's going to go back down again you know we'd have all these like little tricks you have yeah, to remember yeah. and um you know anyway that that was um yeah so it was still tricky but we we chose them in and we put them in an order which complemented you know the tuning if you like it made it easier anyway made it more practical yeah yeah, yeah. well they're they're beautiful pieces i'm so glad yeah. that uh they're being played on guitar as well, because yeah. as we know, not all, but a lot of piano music really transitions well. No, no, that's right. The guitar. Yeah. Especially if you're arranging for a duo, it just opens up a lot of different possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. looking at this other CD, you've got Bacchiatus with Vita Guitar Quartet. Well, yeah. let me ask the same question I asked you with the duo. How did Vita start? That well, wasn't when you were students, or was it? No, 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 no. That's about, um, I'd say, about 12 years ago, okay. or perhaps a bit more. And we we kind of um, started playing because we, Chris and I, actually, we were in Germany, and we heard a, a fantastic concert by the LAGQ, and we were just, you know, totally blown away by their showmanship and the, sort of the the sort of, you know, musical party they seem to be having. And... Um, just you know we've always loved chamber music we like the rapport that chris and i have got together and we just thought hang on a minute you know we perhaps we could just stick two more people uh, <laughs> in between us and we could um and we and, and we could do you know we wouldn't would it be that hard well it was really hard actually yeah. and i go you know kind of you know so chris and i thought we'll sit we'll sit on the outside and we'll put the other two in the <laughs> in the middle there so so um it's been it's been brilliant actually and it did take a few years to sort of get the whole sync going you know what i mean the whole synchronized synchronicity of us but it's it's just um it's become you know again effortless now yeah. so we just kind of you know it may be that we don't because we we kind of go off on tour and do 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 some things so we like to have a stint at it and then we'll just go off and do our other things so mark and amanda both play other chamber music and solo concerts and stuff like this so they're doing their work and stuff and so there'll be there may be a few months we just don't we don't play or anything and then we just come back and it's like you know, it can. It's great to to be able to put it back together again really quickly. Well, that's so. one of the things I love about the ensembles you play, especially the duo and the quartet. It's just the chemistry, because yeah. as so many people know, you know, having an ensemble. I mean, you need the chops, but to have the chemistry mm. working between the players, yeah. that's what could make a ensemble really. Yes. Exciting and unique. Yes. But also an ensemble that could stay together. Yeah, these, no, that's right. I mean, I mean a, it's a, you, you said 30 years earlier for yes. the duo. That, that's amazing. Yeah, and you yeah. guys still get along. You still we, talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Well, we kind of, you know, I always laugh because I, I always think, some, you know, someone described us as, um, like we speak in kind of caveman language to each other because it's like we've got this kind of shorthand yeah like you, kind of, uh, just we just get grunt point. we just grunt you know just go uh, 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 like this and this that means like a little slower that's like this you know so it, it's it's gone into it's this, a whole nother language yeah yeah we can really cut to the sort of you know but we're still you know you know it's just tough working with people like that so you know things you get you, you get to understand everyone's little foibles you know i mean yeah. these little weird things that people you know they're a bit touchy about this or something about 
about their nails or something like that. So you just kind of disregard. They're going, oh, he's just they're just, they're just worried about this, and and I, you know, I know I'm I'm a little like that, you know, with things uh, get a little bit touchy about something i don't know whatever you know and um but everyone's very forgiving and you know the thing is we know that you know it's 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 never worth getting upset about anything you know and if people got something to say i'm if we have a rehearsal and they say like you know mark can you for god's sake stop playing so loud or can you just do i'm like absolutely yeah <laughs> i'll just do it you know, I can't play. just tell me <laughs> well, you know I, I see a lot you know just uh, with some <laughs> Ensembles, you know, someone will say something that's meant to be productive, but then sometimes someone can take a little offense oh, yeah. at it. You know, it's and very it, it, can, it can tra- yeah, no, and it can totally train wreck a rehearsal. Yeah. So it's it's so great to have like an understanding that we yes. we all mean this. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think it's good. You got to you got to yeah. be able to take it, and if you can't take any criticism, like you don't want to be tough. mean, but you got to be able to get to the point and Absolutely. say something. Yeah, no, that, exactly. that, that's hilarious about mm. the grunts. So I, I can. Can you please record a rehearsal just with the grunts? Take away. I'll edit out the guitar music. And we'll just hear the grunts. So it'll just be like ten minutes of grunts well, for an just, hour. And then we, then we sort of like weird things as well. Like you know the duo. Like well, Chris and I will just like loop a section. We just be sort of uh-huh. be playing a piece, and then suddenly it will go into this like do that passage over and over. Like, just but without even like saying anything. Just, wow. Like, just go. Just yeah, you guys just give each other just, a look, and you yeah, know yeah. The... Because you just keep keep the rehearsal, and then like or we'll just segue into a completely different piece. You know, because we're just like what it's like. We, there's no time. You know. Yeah. To you guys got, got the kids. rehearsing down that's Sounds right yeah like. yeah we just you have to just get there get the guitar out and just don't, no kind of you know there's no chit chat no time to talk just play anymore. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so, so this good. uh most recent uh vita recorded mm. is since 2017 that's is that right, right? So, yeah, we... so a couple years ago exactly it yeah. looks beautiful it's called bacchianus mm. so what, what's the i'll let you explain i mean well, i can tell what the thing yeah, is yeah but... exactly it's all basically because we were playing this, um, I made this arrangement of the Brandenburg Concerto, um, number the third Brandenburg Concerto, and and we played. We were playing that for a bit, and it was we were enjoying that, and and then you know Chris was saying, oh, we we need to put this on a CD, and I was like going, okay, well, like an all bark CD or something, and then we all we all said, hmm, not sure, an all bark guitar quartet CD is a good idea, you know these these ideas you know they're kind of and then we start thinking who's who's going to listen to this actually it might be you know so interesting there's so many other composers being influenced by Bach and then it, and then we were like oh well Villa Lobos is one of the he's just obsessed with Bach you know yeah. and, and then and then we were and then we found out obviously Mendelssohn who rediscovered Bach and then these these preludes and fugues which um we got a, a friend of ours called Nick Cartledge he's an amazing genius actually he's a flautist but she's just a kind of a genius jazz musician and he writes music for the BBC and stuff like this. Hmm. And Chris was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, call call him up and see if he'll arrange these amazing Mendelssohn preludes and fugues where he was emulating Bach's style and rediscovering it and kind of, you know, te- you know, kind of uh, trying to hone his own compositions even further. Those just sound fantastic on four guitars. It's got that whole, you know, um, song without words kind of thing in the preludes where it's just a beautiful line and stuff. And so it works great. And they're huge... Um, you know, four-part fugues as well. So, you know, we've all got our own voices and we're yeah. all kind of like playing and weaving in and out. Something's there just with that, you know, just it, it just those arrangements just like are wonderful. I think it's probably for me the highlight of that recording actually yeah, is the Mendelssohn. Yeah. Um, and, um, 
and uh, you know doing the Bacchianas uh, by Villa Lobos as I said you know he's just he loved those um, those Bacchianas Brasileiras you know the idea of being the Bacchian piece being you know uh, contrasted with the the Brazilian new modernistic styles, you know, it's two sort of kind of worlds kind of colliding together, making a beautiful contrast. And we did just the Bacchianas, the the Bacchian ones, if you like. And then we we were so pleased to have um, a new work as well. Well, two new works actually. Uh, one by Laura Snowden, who's obviously you you've probably heard of. She's mm-hmm. a wonderful um, performer, guitarist herself, and. Um, she was studying at the Royal College uh, where Chris teaches uh, for many years. So we, we, we know her quite well. And um, and now she's, you know, she's writing pieces and she's, she's, she's very, very original. Anyway, so she decided to write something and we thought it'd be great to add another instrument to it. And um, Mark Ashford had the idea of having it with a sax- saxophonist, which is, I thought was like, wow, that's crazy because the saxophonist is just going to blow us out the water anyway. She wrote an amazing piece, uh, this huh. like, like Perpetual, you know, with this, with this, which is based on this G minor um, uh, partita, one of the Bach partitas. Yeah. So she used used um, some of that, some of some of that idea in there. A wonderful piece. And then we had a, and then we had another piece by a guy called Howard Skempton, who's like a very very famous composer, British composer. Um, and he did this kind of refraction of one of those little preludes. And he's like, you know, he's one of these guys. He's a bit like a sort of English Monpu, if you like, his his pieces are like pared down to the bone, you know what I mean? And so he he got this tiny little prelude and he just kind of made this refraction of it um, in like harmonics and stuff and using natural harmonics. And it's just the sound world is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, it's just fantastic. So this this whole CD just came well, together really well. It's quite a concept. Well. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and so it's a, it's a great way of getting a, a mixture of stuff on there, but with this whole idea of Bach and, and then, you know, the, the influence he's, he's had on all these uh, other composers so it's wonderful it's nice it's worked really well and you made the arrangement for i'm looking here you also made the arrangement for the bacchianas the violas that's, that's right exactly yeah so we've done that and we did that with instead of with a singer you know we did that with the saxophonist again with so this amazing yeah fantastic soprano saxophonist called amy green who's just you know again really wonderful. i could see the soprano mm. saxophone yeah Work nicely with guitar. It was tricky. It was tricky. It, to I, I could see a baritone being a, a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we definitely went for the soprano. The, you know, the smoother sound. sound. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And it just kind of sat in nicely because you know the guitar. The guitar is actually quite a low sound in lots of ways. You know, so it mm-hmm. kind of it, it complemented each other a little bit. If it was it was going to be a bit lower, then you know we're going to have a yeah, lot that's of that what, yeah, fudgy sound. Problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was still it was it was. You know, John Taylor did an amazing, uh, uh, you know, uh, job at kind of balancing that up. And um, it it was tricky at times. But, you know, uh, Laura's piece, um, she the way she wrote it, it was so clever. And the way she she made it, you know, uh, the guitars could really cut through. So Especially when you have a guitarist composing chamber music, like they understand how that really works and what's exactly. going to come through, yeah. what's not going to come through. So it's... Yeah. Uh, I know, it's a, it's, a, it's a real talent. You know, sometimes... It's interesting how many composers don't get that, you know yeah. what I mean? And then they... And they're amazing composers. Exactly. You know? yeah. But the, to me, it, it seems the chamber pieces that seem to work best, mm. that feature guitar always from these guitar composers, because as I said, they just understand the instrument and they understand what practically can work and then what's actually very impractical and just 
won't even be heard at all. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's something you know. I think for the guitar, if you're going to write for the guitar and you're going to write for guitar and, and another instrument or a voice or something like that, that's something they you know you really have to. You don't necessarily have to be a guitarist. You just have to understand that concept of that. Yeah. You know, balancing and uh, clarity and stuff like that, creating their own clarity in mm-hmm. space. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. She's and she certainly Laura certainly does that. Yeah. So the festival is just basically, it hasn't been running for a bit. And I just thought I'd like, because Winchester's a beautiful place where I live. And Winchester's got like a sort of a whole host of really beautiful places to sort of perform in, you know, because it's the ancient capital of England. So it's got Mm. like, you know, when you really got some serious history there and um and it's it's got churches and these you know just places which just make the guitar it's just a great setting for the guitar not only in sound but also in yeah the sort of ambience if you like you know what i mean so um and there's this one church st lawrence which is in the middle of town you, i mean you can't like get your car anywhere near it you have to walk there you know so it's kind of there's uh, it's just a bit of noise from the people walking outside, but they've got two doors, so you get complete silence in the church, and it's a square church, and so you know the guitar's never far away. It just sounds fantastic. Oh, it's great! It's fantastic. Music. So it's just I just basically you know had it there. Even if you play lute, I've got Matthew Wadsworth, who's like this. I mean, I've known Matthew since we were at the academy, and um, he's like a genius, you know, guy. He's just brilliant. So he's going to do his late night lute. Stuff oh, that'll there. be a blast. So, and, when I you do, say late night, how late? Well, I do. What we're doing is like years ago, I had this idea of having two concerts back to back, kind of like cramming them in there because people, you know, rather than having a sort of two half, most festivals these days are sort of doing like, you know, um, people play for like 40 minutes or something like that. And I still, I always think, oh, that's just a bit, a bit too little to really sort of make yeah. a statement. I mean, like, you know, some, some, some festivals are, uh, just a little bit too much of a meat market for me, you know what I mean? Mm. Where you're just kind of paraded out, you play a couple of your things and you're off and then next person's on. Um, And I just think, you know, an hour is like almost perfect because you can probably say something quite cool in that in a recital way. And then, so I do seven till eight, someone plays and there's a concert and then there's an hour off and then nine till 10. So it's a kind of, you know, you can get time, you've got a you know, chance for a beer or a wine in between or yeah. a pizza or whatever. So you can just, you know, cram it all into one no, that's evening. that's a nice setup because yeah. at the end of a two-hour concert, you're just drained, even with like a 10-minute intermission. But it's with tough. an hour in between, yeah, you've perfect. got like a, a major intermission there, so it's good. But you still get, you probably get more music, if anything, out of that. Then Absolutely. you feel refreshed after. Yeah. So you're the artistic director K- of Kind of. I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I know. I it's lo- complicated? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> not that complicated i'm like artistic director i'm ticket seller i'm like kind of guitar tuner i'm sweeper upper i'm i'm just everything i'm everything i'm just like running i've just got like you know basically just because it's it's a very small low-key event and who else is on the lineup the lineup includes an amazing english tenor um called james gilchrist he's an absolute superstar i mean in the singing world he's like huge but anyway so he's he's gonna i'm doing some songs with him so it includes you know things like the uh, songs from the chinese britain um stephen dodgson's um four john clare poems and um uh, some Dowland, some Schubert, and stuff like that. So he's gonna, he's you know, he's he's very very kindly agreed after a little bit of um, enticing down to do that. Um, we've got a young artist who are the Alma Guitar Trio. They're kind of um, ex Birmingham Royal Birmingham uh, Conservatoire students who are a real fine young ensemble. You know, they're kind of usual these kind of guys who are sort of struggling to find a new, um, you know, get their feet 
set up on the, on the career. So they're, they're going to come down and do a concert. They're going to do a late night one. And then on Saturday, there's lots of talks, free talks. Uh, got some guitar makers who are giving a talk, Oren Myers and, um, uh, and Stuart Christie, local sort of guys who yeah. are take, making top, top guitars. They're going to talk about their guitars and stuff like this. And um, there's a lute workshop run by the Lute Society, which I was, you know, not, not sceptical about, you know, people come along and doing a sort of lute workshop. But actually, that's nearly already full, which I'm yeah. absolutely, you oh, know, kind of, yeah, I know it's fantastic. And it's great for them because I think, you know, they're, they probably think, oh my, you know, I mean, I don't know how they think about themselves, but basically, you know, they're sort of, they need to get younger people more involved with the loot and which is actually, you know, I think there is, there's a lot of, we've got some students at Birmingham and I see ones at the Royal College and at Guildhall and lots of them do Theobo and, yeah. um, you know, and fi- find themselves perhaps even going into that world a little bit more. So anyway, so there's a bit of a loot workshop and then like later on, um, there's a talk with um, the lutinist uh, Matthew Wadsworth, who's just you know he's he's going to be talking about his life as a he's a fascinating guy. I mean you know he's done loads of things. He's a, he's got lots of um, little things. He's been uh, he's got his fingers in pies all over the world kind of thing. So yeah. he's doing stuff. So he's going to be doing the late night concert on the Saturday. But before him um, is uh, a concert. Um, with um Daniela Rossi who's an Argentinian guitarist who's okay. like a total virtuoso yeah. and she's you know she plays all these pieces which you know I mean most normal you know kind of mortal guitarists can sort of you know just about get their fingers around well she actually makes them sound like real pieces of music yeah, you know, yeah. she plays all this Rigondi and you know kind of insane stuff so it's just it's great and she's doing a whole Rigondi and Ponte kind of you know um, um, program which is uh, fantastic I just like you know I heard her years ago do a competition she she just you know blew me away it's amazing and it's then gonna be on, quite a night it is going to be quite a night it's going to be good but there's lots of variety there so that's good so it's not Absolutely. just guitar and then guitar again you know two soloists I'm not doing that I'm just going to try and mix it up big time and then just on Sunday I'm playing with a flautist uh, Jessica Maria Quinones who's just an American flautist she lives in um, in uh, Cornwall and she's actually a PhD she has a PhD doctorate in in Latin American music South American music and especially oh, concentrating cool. on tango so she's been to Buenos Aires and sort of studied with all these tango legends and all this kind of stuff so I'm certainly learning quite a lot about yeah. that for company oh her. that's so, gonna be a blast so yeah it's good Scott we got a lot going on so are you doing Piazzolla for that set or of course. I mean I, I'm it's sorry I had tango. to ask yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, and some other stuff so it's gonna be you know it's not all tango I mean I kind of I, I've uh, twisted her arm into playing some Dodson because I love Stephen's music yeah. a lot. So it's a beautiful piece called In Search of Folly, which is all this stuff. It's a kind of like a, in a way, it's like a sort of set of variations on Melofolios. So this is kind of this idea, but the whole idea is that you're you're kind of searching for it. So it's not you, you know you're kind of slightly unaware. You've been listening to a set of kind of fragmentations of that yeah. of that dance. So it's great. Well, it sounds like quite the festival. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's and, good. And remind so we, me, what are the dates again for our listeners? The dates are basically from the 3rd to the 6th of October. Um, so next f- week. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, you, you're mentioning Oren Myers is yes. going to be there. And I see you have an Oren Myers I guitar right here. Yeah. Is this 
a guitar for the festival or is this a guitar for yourself? This is a guitar uh, for myself, actually, oh, because okay. I've been playing uh, Christopher Dean's guitars for many, many years yeah. with, with Chris and my, you know, in the duo and also in the quartet uh, as well. And it's been fantastic. In fact, I hadn't had a new guitar. Uh, so that guitar's I've been playing since 2000, year 2000. So oh, it's wow. been a long, 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 long time, which I still, you know, I still play, still great guitar and everything. Um, and then... You know, I've been kind of, you know, impressed with Oren's guitars for so many years, you know, as in so many guitar makers, which are around these days, the quality is just, you know, kind of so out there and amazing. Anyway, but Oren is just, you know, he's a lovely guy and he just lives fairly locally and he's been bringing guitars over yeah. for me to sort of try out because he wants to hear what they sound like and stuff. And every time I'm like, wow, you, you know, you're, you're getting better. You're getting better, 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 you know, even before. So anyway, he, then he said, look, look, you know, I, I said one day I've got, to, I've got to have one of your guitars. And, um, and then that was about a year ago. And he then just came around with like four guitars, which were all going off to China. And he said, well, if you like, one of them then you know let's talk about this you know yeah. like this and so i i mean you know when somebody offers you like you know like the choice like that then you know you have to then think okay, it's like christmas exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and i had like you know three days to sit there and play them and i took them down to the church and just, well, that's what you need because it's just yeah. impossible to really tell no. the true potential of guitar because it takes time to open up you know when you just play it for five yeah. minutes but uh no there i I've, i haven't played this one but all the guitars. I mean, I've seen him at all these festivals in yeah. Europe, and really beautiful. Yeah, he's getting maker. a he's getting a really and you know amazing reputation. But he's also you know when you talk to him, he just seems to talk complete sense. You know what I mean? And there's he's he's just sort of impressed in with other makers, and he's you know yeah. he's very open as well. He's not like you know someone who's like I oh, know you know only he, this way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. He's very, but you know he's still very traditional in his make in, in the way he makes them and stuff like that so um and he made a few little adjustments and he then he brought these four along and yeah the four of them were just like they all of them were incredible it's a tough and choice it was tough choice i nailed it down to two and then of course i had to get you know uh chris over to the, have a listen to yeah the, and then yeah he just kind of was like that one you know straight uh -huh, away and I, think, I knew you were gonna but i couldn't <laughs> quite tell you know so it was um I, you know it, it was down to you know basically that choice in the end so i couldn't even make up my own mind so it was, it's fantastic and to, it's refreshing to see yeah. that so many young guitarists are really interested in his guitars even though they're traditional guitars because i feel like a lot of people kind of in my generation of playing they're all going for the lattice and the double tops i'm not saying that's a bad thing no no but no. i i'm definitely more of a fan of the traditional build of guitars and it's uh yeah it, I think it's interesting maybe it's different out here because i just came to the uk but at least in the us a lot of the younger players are really especially some of the lattice brace and there's some lattice brace guitars that i mm. really like yeah yeah there's some i really don't like as no. well though exactly <laughs> well i, I guess you could say that about traditional as well Totally. And I think you're right. I think they've all got, you know, they're just good guitars and they're not so good guitars, yeah. you know, and I think that's, uh, but, you know, people, and that's the beauty that you've got all this choice. And, you know, I've definitely got quite an opinion about that, you know, uh, but, you know, that's, this is only, and again, you know, this is what I love about it. It's just this personal preference and, you know. It's like it's, strings, you know, exactly. everyone likes different things. Oh yeah, completely. And, uh, but, you know, for, for ensemble, I think my real soft spot in terms of getting clarity, you know, I think, uh, uh, spruce is uh, is a almost you definite in you an ensemble. Yeah. I think you need it. The color, the complexity, the clarity, the depth of tone is going to you know it's going to just 
put those two instruments together or more if you get like even more so it's just a bit you know thing but anyway that's it's you know i love the the choice and i've you know we've definitely chris and i have dallied with some double tops ourselves and yeah. stuff like this and we've played a, a couple of amazing um guitars for a couple of years um but interestingly enough we never felt like we wanted to record at that time so yeah it was interesting uh, we kind of suddenly went ah, we need to go back and yeah yeah so are you um are you kind of tr- uh, transitioning from playing the Dean guitar in concerts to the I've to just, Orens, Well, or? I played I just played Orens guitar for the first time with with Chris uh, Chris playing a Dean on his seven seven string Dean and um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and myself playing the Orens guitar Oren Myers and um, and uh, it sounded they sounded great together actually so Fantastic. it kind of really cut from the same cloth because I think you know uh, Oren and Chris Dean are. are you know, great friends. And I know there's huge mutual respect for each other. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's a, there's a sort of, they're, they're in the same branch of a tree, if you see what I mean, perhaps, you know, and they're just like kind of in there. So there's something there's they're sort of, you know, they've got similar ideas. And know. at least from what I see, or at least if it's uh, with the pair of luthiers who get along with each other, they yeah. seem to be very open people and they want to help each other and learn things from each other. Absolutely. You know, and you hear these stories of, you know, makers heading over to Granada and just walking around all the different workshops and just uh, being an apprentice practically and learning Absolutely. that way. And it's so yeah. it's so neat to see that. You know, it's, yeah. I'm sure there are some luthiers that are like, I will never tell you how I do this, or else I'll have to kill you. But yeah. uh, you don't you don't see it too much. <laughs> no, I, I, I think if you find someone like that, I, I'm not they're sure they're probably not they're, very good guitars. No, I, think, I think that's probably you're right. You know, I think that I love that idea that you know there's that tradition where they you know people went and learned with it. And I think in a way, I think I, I know for a fact that they they have worked a little together. So yeah. I think it's you know which is but. You know, and yeah, that's. I think it's lovely that they've shared. You know, their their you know their work with each other is fantastic. And I always forget if it was Stamen or Wagner who did the double top first, but yeah. the the whole invention with the Nomex, you know, that wasn't a secret at all. No, know, ever, exactly. Which is, you know, it, it's nice to see. There's definitely other industries of music <coughs> yeah, recording yeah. that people won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Give all their secrets sometimes. Although that's getting much better. Everyone's really open now, I guess, because yeah. everything's out online. Totally. And I think that whole. <laughs> I never forget years ago. Um, we we loved these Thomas Humphreys guitars. You know because of this mm-hmm. millennium guitar yeah. with this whole kind of raised thing which is fantastic for duo and ensemble because you're playing up really really high yeah, yeah. but he i know he had a patent on that on that particular design but i think that idea of a raised fingerboard has been I, I, you know that's been around a bit yeah and stuff like that so uh i never I'm, heard of a luthier using a patent yeah that's a, that's a little odd yeah i know that's a kind of an unusual thing yeah. but i know only, i only know that because i was kind of interested in that and i have a, an old school friend who became a patent officer you know so he he actually looked it up like you know it was a legit it was oh, it's legit. legit. It's just, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So he said, he, huh. he, did, he did say, you know, he's got, a, he's got a thing on that. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show. Please join me in two weeks for a conversation with flamenco guitarist and tone bass artist Kai Narezo. I was listening through to the Pacchianis record earlier tonight, uh, which we spoke of in our interview from the Vita Guitar Quartet, and Mark's transcription of the fifth Pacchianis Brasiliaris, the aria that many of us already know, really stood out for me. It's such a beautiful piece. We hear it so often in the uh, guitar circles. And I thought this was such a fresh perspective. So I'm going to play uh, this part of the record. This is Amy Green on the soprano saxophone and the Vita Guitar Quartet. I'm David Steinhardt, and we'll see you next time for the Tone Bass Classical Guitar Podcast. Mm-hmm.